Welcome to Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, a podcast hosted by RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors, the show that brings you illuminating interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders throughout all corners of the real estate sector. Each episode will feature different masters in real estate, revealing challenging lessons they've learned, their secrets to success, and opinions regarding the state of the market. Hello. This is Gotti Kaufman, Managing Director and CEO of RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that since 1967, RCL Co. has been the first call for real estate developers, investors, public sector, and non-real estate companies seeking strategic and tactical advice regarding property investment, planning, and development. Welcome to the latest episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate. Today, I'm talking to Dorothy Bright, our new COO at RCL Co. Welcome, Dorothy. Thank you very much, Gotti. It's a pleasure to be here. It is my pleasure to be here, Dorothy, <laughs> and I mean that in the greatest sense of the word. We are super excited to have you join RCL Co. and help us take our company to the next level. So, this conversation, Dorothy, I would like our audience to get to know you a little bit, and I would like for this to be a conversation. There's no right and wrong answers to these questions, but uh, I do hope to have you tell us a little bit of your story. So why don't we begin with your professional career? What is the journey you took to get to RCLCO? He was predestined you'll get to RCLCO, right? Yes, absolutely. Right, so finally you made it. How did you get it? <laughs> and it was a long journey in that. <laughs> um, I started my career in commercial real estate and um, had very progressive financial roles, you know, starting as a accountant at CBRE and then working my way up to being a CFO and a president for a shared space environment. And after that, I left that career and started my own business. I had always had a lingering insight to technology and wanted to pursue it, but just didn't have the right courage or the timing to do it. And um, I was with the shared space provider for 12 years, and I was running a couple companies parallel. But then I fi- finally decided to make the leap of faith and, and went and started my own company. So let's go back to that in a yeah. second. But in the shared space company, is that in the office space? Yes, it is. What it did is. you do? What was your business? It was an executive suite and also co-working slash co-working. So we work before we work? Yes, okay. before we work. And WeWork was actually one of the um, companies that I, I was following at a very infantile stage as when they're in New York. And I just knew that it was going to be a big deal because they, aside from not um, going after commercial real estate on the onset, they were creating their own technology behind WeWork, and I knew they were going to do well. And then eventually they decided to go into the landlord business and, and buy their own buildings, which was the correct method of operation because at least they had assets on their balance sheet Good. at that time. Good. So what, what was the... Um destiny of your uh, of that company that you were working that you were in yeah the the one that i started or no. the, the one that i was in oh the one that i was in um when i first started there it was after the fallout of all the executive suites and um regis and hq were going into bankruptcy so i was very fortunate in repositioning the company and i grew it um 30 percent within the duration that i was there and took it from a very failing position into a very prosperous position, and it's still doing quite well today. So it's still around? Yes, still around. Okay. 
So you left to do some sort of a startup, didn't you? Yes, I did. So what was that startup about? Um, it was um, catering to the shared space environment. And there was a gap there as far as technology. You know, granted, we were just developing their own technology, but I felt that myself and my co-founders could develop one just as good as their technology. And it would be available to the masses. And so we developed a, a sort of a software um, that was outward facing to the client side and then inward facing to the ownership side. And it was a CRM. It was um, a dashboard and it was um, a social media site all in one. And we we're very fortunate that we had a successful exit, you know, three years later um, and Yardi ended up buying our company. Good. That's yeah. nice execution. Have they done anything with it? Yes, they're, they're continuing to roll it out to co-working and there's a great adoption of it. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank One you. of these days we'll say we knew her. Well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I have a sense that maybe I will be hearing more about uh, the transformation as a result of my next question. Yeah. What factors have sort of influenced your career early, mid, and more recent as you made changes around? What kind of drove those changes? What, what have you seen happening in the industry that made you make different choices with your direction going forward? Well, I can honestly say that technology has been a huge influence in my career path, as well as it seems like commercial real estate is a late adopter of technology. And um, there's a lot to be said about what's going to be the future of commercial real estate. I think that there's going to be enough information out there that people could be able to look at a market and determine what's going on in the market over the next 10 years. But I think there are a lot of underlying statistics that are available to the United States. We're not reworking the will by any means. And there's a finite mass of land available to everybody. The only um, thing that we need to determine are the outside influencers. And so once we are, have a handle on all the outside influencers, I think there's going to be more of a predictability to the commercial real estate overall. Yeah. So you see technology as a major yes. uh, change. And, um it has informed your career because you decided to go move out of a, a service provider, but uh, hard asset based into a software CRM uh, provider with the invention of your new startup. And you see more things like that, I assume, in your life. Oh, most, most definitely. And, and it appeals to every level as well, because who doesn't have a smartphone today? You know, if you would have asked anyone 20 years ago, would you do you have a smartphone? They would be blind and wouldn't even know what it is. And it appeals to the three or four year old that can watch a TV on their smartphone to the 70 year old that can um, Facebook their, you know, their best friend on social right. media. So the technology appeals to the masses and it'll continue to evolve as time goes on. And it democratizes information. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting times ahead for all of us. I agree. Especially us in the analytical and uh, interpretation business. Right? Yes. We're, we're trying to learn how to process these increasing large volumes of information available to us to make even better decisions. And technology is a major enabler. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So let's talk about you. 
Yeah. Dorothy Bright. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who you am I? Not, if you're ever not working. I know. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I live in L.A. I live in Westchester, and um, I've been there since 2007. And I live there with my um, partner, um, Joe. We've been together for eight years, and a uh, miniature beagle that is nearly 15 years old. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. life. Yeah. Good for him. He's had a great life, and um, he pretty much rules the roost. <laughs> we figure um, he's the most senior out of the three of us, so right. yeah, we'll give him the way. So he gets he gets the respect that he deserves. Absolutely. What do you do for fun? On my off time, and I had more off time than I did before RCL Co. <laughs> you know, I golf. I play poker. I play poker at a higher level, and. Um, both are very cerebral games if um, people don't know about it. Golf, there's a definite strategy behind which club you're going to use and how you're going to hit it and if it's going to be a layup or if you're going to do a Hail Mary shot. <laughs> and poker is sort of the same way, but a lot of it is um, predictive as far as statistics and as mannerisms of people. So both ways are, are great at learning how to negotiate, um, whether it's negotiating the green or negotiating the cards with people. Right. Yeah. Poker, I know, I understand that there are uh, two aspects to the game. You kind of alluded to them. One is reading faces and mm -hmm. the social, um, if you will, visual yep. aspect of the game. And that's a mind game, if you will. And the yep. other one is just hard statistics, right? Yes. Counting or thinking about the odds as you go along. Yep watching what's happening on the table, the biggest players or the greatest players can do both. Yes. Right? So where are you? Are you on the math side? Are you on the... Uh, I, I would say that I, I'm pretty balanced. It's pretty interesting, though. Uh, and a lot of people, there, there's a lot of mannerisms that people have, and they just don't know it. Correct. And poker, I mean, a standard, I guess, piece of advice is if someone has a good hand, they'll look at their cards and look at money next. And so you know for certain they have a good hand. Well, they're so counting how much they're about to yeah, win. Yeah, right? exactly. And how, how much they they have available That's to funny. bet. That's super interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's human nature. Yeah. yeah. So you have to learn, train yourself. Correct. To resist the, those, those natural instinctual. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, and, and you, there's a bit of acting involved. Everyone says, "Oh, you're Hollywooding us." So, <laughs> but it, it's been um, a great challenge to me. A lot of people that I play poker with, oddly, and I, I don't know if it's oddly enough, but they're doctors, lawyers, um, real estate developers, um, people that have a high high standard of thinking. And uh, this is their way to relax. <laughs> we'll start a poker club. Exactly. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Would be yeah. Let's do it. It sounds good. So aside from poker, mm -hmm. golf, and work, what are your priorities in life? Kind of as a whole person, when you leave this earth, what do you hope your impact will have been? You know, I feel like I, I have been very, very impactful when it comes to people. I have a very strong core of family. Both my parents passed away five years ago. And I, yeah, I bet I was very fortunate enough to um, be, I guess, appointed or given the matriarchal duties of my family. I'm the youngest of five children. And I've always... You're the youngest. Yeah. And you got the lead Yes, role. I did. Interesting. I role. did. We all play our roles in life. That's a very interesting yeah. uh, 
sequence of events. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm somewhat the diplomat and the um, politician of the family, and I'm able to get people to the table. I'm hosting a family reunion, you know, this summer in July for all the family members. Um, some have not seen each other for 10 years. Wow. And it'll be nice for everyone to get together. I have a really good friend who whose husband passed away some time ago, and she's appointed me second parent to her, her daughters. And so I'm always there to help them um, with their career, with their schooling, with their education. Any advice, um, if they're dating a boy, they always have their boyfriend always has to make me their friend on social media so I can investigate them. And then I'm also open to social responsibility. I like to volunteer my time. And I'm really high in education. I feel like um, getting my degree from Claremont McKenna has really helped me progress in my life and my career. And I want to be able to provide that for other people that aren't as fortunate as I was. Yeah. So, as you know, ESG is very important for us. Mm-hmm. Our, our, you know, uh, we try as hard as we can to make an impact on the environment, on society, mm-hmm. on governance, etc. Yeah. What impacts are you um, making or are hoping to be making, uh, particularly through your involvement with our Cielco? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I, what The one thing that I like to do is add just a little bit more diversity to our culture. And I'm doing that by just being present. <laughs> but I also know that um, there's a big sensitivity overall that RCOCO has been a very big proponent of um, making sure that the corporate structure or the col- corporate culture actually lends itself to that. I know that RCL has been very, very progressive, actually one of the more progressive companies that I've ever worked with to allow allow people to um, work at home, to have a sustainability approach, and to be very aware of what's going on in the economy. And I feel like I'm very fortunate, and I'll be another proponent uh, under the RCL umbrella as well. Now, what about outside of the RCL umbrella? What are you doing? What specifically are you involved in that will should make an impact? Yeah, the the organizations that I like to work with are the Boy, Girls and Boys Club of America, and Great I've been yeah, I've been helpful in helping young women who are up and coming um, craft their resumes, also understand how the interview process works, and what type of um, homework they need to do before they go into an interviewing process. I've also been a proponent of Step Up Women's Network in L.A. Um, I actually was absent for a few years, and now I'm back into the organization. And what that really does, it advocates for younger women who don't have the means to go to college, and it gives them scholarships in order to go to college. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Yeah. You're doing really important uh, things. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, so since we're a little bit personal here, Mm-hmm. What what do you consider to be your vulnerabilities and relevant to mentoring others? How do you manage that? Yeah. How, do you, how do you deal with yeah. what you believe to be your vulnerabilities? You know what is so odd is that I am con- I consider myself shy, but in every personality test I take, <laughs> everybody I meet they they just can't even imagine that I'm a shy person. But maybe that's sort of a deep down issue of mine. And how I try to overcome it is I always try to engage first with whomever I'm 
next to, I'll always talk to someone in the elevator if there's only two of us in the elevator. And I ideally, I, I typically compliment something, um, someone on something that they have, because I feel like in today's environment, you don't hear that enough. And so it's a good tactic in order to get to know someone pre- pretty easily and pretty quickly. Get out of your shell. Yeah, good get out of your shell. That's a really good tip. Yeah. Good for you for recognizing it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Mistakes. We all make mistakes in life. What do you wish if you had a, if you had a mulligan? What would you be shooting the mulligan at? Which hole? Well, as far as mistakes, there's a couple things that I've had. I can say when I was younger, I wasn't patient enough in my career. And I probably had some missed opportunities because I didn't realize you had to get a couple of years under your belt before you really knew anything. I felt that I, I probably knew things before I was ready. So what are the impatience uh, created as a negative consequence? Well, what had happened was that I had been with a company for a couple of years and I decided to switch companies just because I thought, okay, I had enough here, now it's time for me to go. If I would have stayed on the course where I'd been, I probably would have been far more advanced than I would have been if I would have just stayed there and rather than switching companies. So that, that's a fabulous point. Great yeah. example. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. How should a young person, especially early in their career, before mm-hmm. they have a lot of experience, how should they resist the itch to hop mm-hmm. around, which you just described, yeah. right? but also not stay around longer than what they should in a place that is right for them. How, how do you know that after those two years you really should move on or you really should not move yeah. on? The one thing, and this goes back to my shyness, um, I think when I was younger, I was just very, very shy in talking to my boss or you know my direct report. And I think today, and especially at RCL Co., we're very cognizant of that, and the engagement is very high because we want to create a career path for each individual that comes through the doors. And what I would um, recommend to anyone coming up within any company, that they um, talk to their direct report and create a career path for themselves and define you know where they think they should be over a certain time frame, mm-hmm. and if that actually measure works for them. And I would engage in that process and actually fully engage in the company because how will you know what alternatives are going to be like if you're not fully engaged what you're, with what you're currently working? As a team member, make your needs, make your priorities and your ambitions known. Yes, absolutely. And ask for help and guidance of how to get there. Yep. And this way, at the end of the two years, you will know, right? Absolutely. Whether the company is cooperating and helping you or whether that's a glass ceiling or a dead end, then that's a time to move. Yes. It, but don't squander the opportunity to make your needs known. Right? I, I agree with you 100%. And and that's the, the you know basically the rules of engagement. And, and you know, as a... Um, as someone who supervises people, I, I really appreciate that when someone comes to me because I know, you know, they're very anxious and they're they're ambitious and they want to get a career path within the company, and that makes um, decision making very easy for us. But it's hard. It's hard for yeah. a young person, in the first place, to know what they really want. But yeah. Even if they did know, then it's not easy for them to come to somebody who is experienced and older and of authority mm-hmm. and make that known without worrying about sounding too ambitious or too aggressive or obnoxious, right? Yeah. Managing that balance is difficult. There's definitely a So what's your advice to somebody who is is shy a little bit and is worried? 
Should I, should I not? Do I make myself, my ambitions known or my expectations known or do I not? How would you advise them? I would advise uh, most definitely to let someone know, but there's definitely a tactical way to go about it. Mm -hmm. You 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 wouldn't go about it saying like, I want to make a hundred thousand in two years. You would go about it as from a knowledge base. What can I do in order to promote myself within the company? Mm-hmm. And that's a better way to, to look at it because right. um, it shows that you're willing to work, have the hard work done prior to actually getting the reward of a better salary. And in every company and every team, there is a mentor out there, formal mm-hmm. or informal, that any person can seek yes. to get advice like this. Yes. Right? Even if you're not comfortable going to your boss right away, at least consult with your mentor. You know, what should I expect and how do I set those expectations, make the expectations clear to others? Yeah, and everyone will always respond to a question. I haven't known of any mentor as of yet that has completely ignored a question of someone coming up in the ranks. So along those lines, um, what resources do you recommend for somebody who is relatively young, maybe anywhere one to five years out of school, Mm -hmm. and as they think about how do they get insight into what career opportunities are there in real estate? What would you advise them to read or attend or what should they do to become informed so that they can create a path for themselves in the industry? I think within commercial real estate, there's a lot of opportunity out there as far as networking and meeting people. I guess even though I've been shy, I've always been a little bit aggressive. And I remember going to an event and um, Dick Simon was speaking at the event. And I decided at that time he was going to be my mentor. <laughs> so there I sent, yeah, I sent him a business card and I sent him a note saying, you know, can you please be my mentor? He never responded to me, but at least I did the outreach. And I think it's wise if you find someone that you feel that could help you along in your business and your career, feel free to reach out to them. You know, time permitting, they'll, they'll probably think it as a compliment and want to help you throughout your career. But I've never been, I guess, afraid or shied away from an opportunity to pick someone's mind and figure out, you know, what's the best approach. Because there is a lot of knowledge, especially in Los Angeles and, you know, throughout the United States for someone to help you along in your career. So network, reach out and yeah. find a mentor yeah. and work with a mentor. What else? Yes. And then there's lots of um, knowledge base. Uh, you know, I when I first started RCL Co., I started reading a lot of the reports that were written. And Quite frankly, they're some of the better reports I've ever seen. And I would recommend that you would look at periodicals or anything that's published and um, look at LinkedIn and also the Internet. And don't be shy to contact whomever wrote the articles Mm -hmm. because they will definitely give you more insight. And they want to talk about it because they wrote the article. So if you wanted to open up your network and you, and you want to, if you don't have a network or you feel like you don't have much yeah. of a network, but you want to get going, how do you do that? I My first thought would be LinkedIn. Yeah. 100% LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then going to events, local events within my marketplace. Like what? I would go to LACRA. I would go to um, PRIA if you're able to. Um, ULI, yeah, all all the um, professional events that are available within your market. That's great advice. Yeah. Same question, but this time more about leadership. 
I know we at RCL co-hire people who see themselves and probably are uh, leadership material, right? But when they come out of school, uh, they may be wondering, how do I become a leader? What resources are there to, to develop my leadership skills? What is the path, if it's any different than the one you just described, network, mentorship, and industry organizations? What's the path to explore and become a strong leader for someone young? The, the one thing that I learned early on is that leaders are developed. People may have a skill set where they're great with people, but to lead a person is a very difficult task. And it's almost as if you're a parent and you're parenting a whole um, group of people for your company. Um, what I would recommend is I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I do understand different tasks and different problems that have happened. There's definite skill sets that you can learn through any sort of organization through YPO. YPO is a great organization. And um, also talking to individuals. Some of it is just typical human nature. But there are a lot of hard decisions that need to be made as well. Um, maybe that's why poker works with for me <laughs> because I can understand human nature right. a little bit. Well, that's a very individual game. Yeah, yeah it's so. a very individual game, but it gives you... Interesting you, you chose two very individual games, yeah. right? poker and golf. Yeah, right? it, it, that, that is correct. Right. It gives you a lot of insight as to the individual because there is a psychology behind leadership. You know, you want to do the, the best for your company overall, but you also want to create integrity and respect the talent that you're bringing along with you. Do you believe there's such a thing as a natural-born leader? I think people have charisma. Are they a natural-born leader? No, because when you're born, you may have the charisma to lead people, but do you make the right decisions? You still have to have the skills. Yeah. So what makes a great leader? Someone who's very thoughtful, someone who has integrity, someone who feels like they are going to do the best overall for their company, as well as bridging the gap with their employees or with your their talent. Anyone who is selfish and does only thinks of their skill set will, will fail. They'll be successful maybe for a little while, but fail it, it eventually yeah. fail as a leader. Right. Yeah. Good, good insight. Yeah. I hope our audience is taking notes. So <laughs> the wisdom that you're sharing with them. Thank you so much for that. So if somebody wanted to get on the leadership path, right, in their life, in mm -hmm. Orsielco or elsewhere, what are the tips that you would give them? What would be the path to get onto that escalator and then keep up with it? Yeah. I would recommend from a career standpoint to try to take progressively responsible jobs mm -hmm. in order in which you're in charge of people as well as um, a task. And continue to do self-evaluations and have peer evaluations and have your staff do evaluations of you that will give you more insight and you have to continue to be approachable as a person as well because sometimes people are afraid to approach you if they're afraid the criticism won't go over well but everyone has to realize that no one's perfect we try our best every single day and we have to keep our mind open to other opportunities and when i say opportunity i mean when someone gives you um, great advice and that's what I would recommend yeah. to everyone. Good, good advice. My observation is that, uh, life experience, I guess, is that a strong leader is somebody who is both respected and trusted mm -hmm. by their team. Yep. Those are two things 
that you just cannot command, right? You either earn them or you don't. Yeah. And people of all walks of life have an instinct about trust and leadership and trust and uh, respect. Mm-hmm. Hard to earn, easy to lose. Exactly. So be careful. Once you have that trust, once you have that respect from peers, colleagues, team members, employees, whoever. Yep. I agree. Do not lose it. That's very good Don't advice. Don't Very good advice. So, I've been grilling you. I've asked you lots of questions. <laughs> Thank you very much for being such a good sport. Is there something else that you would like to talk about today? As of today, I'm happy to have you on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like really fair. <laughs> I know. You actually had great insight as far as like leadership. And what would be your one piece of advice to me, being the CEO of the company, as far as my career at RCL Co.? Yeah. Well, happy to give it to you for everybody to hear. Yes. <laughs> First and foremost, be you. I believe you to be an authentic, real person. And I would hate for you to think that the circumstances or the expectations dictate that you should change. Mm-hmm. Don't. Okay. I don't think they will, but if they do, don't let that happen. Okay. One piece of advice. Second piece of advice, I believe that you come into RCLCO, have come into RCLCO with a great degree of respect and trust from people. Don't squander it. I won't. I know you won't. But yeah. that would be the second piece of advice. Uh, the third one is... There's a saying, I'm probably going to botch it up a little bit, but, you know, uh, walk softly, but carry a heavy stick. Big stick, yeah. Or big stick. And I think that's really good. Listen, watch, observe, ask questions, get to really know the people, the situation, the circumstances, even when it's obvious to you that there's a better way to do things or Mm -hmm. we're not doing things the right way lead others to come to that conclusion but eventually know that you got that stick and if you need to hopefully you'll never use it but if you need to you have it mm-hmm. and you do have it then you know you have it so the less you use it the more respect you'll get the more trust you earn the more effective you'll be sure yeah. and then the last thing is remember that you have really smart colleagues around you oh, I know. people who want nothing but for your success and for the firm's success and Take advantage of that. Yes. Your peers, your subordinates, people outside the the company, whether they're clients or friends of the firm or friends of yours, they can all be great sounding boards. They can give you lots of good input. They can give you a mirror if you need to, or a shoulder to cry on, or a sounding board if that's what you need. So take advantage of those resources. You're not alone. Don't act like you're alone. Don't think that you're on your own. And if you ever feel like you're on your own, you come see me. Thanks, Scotty. Wouldn't be okay with me. Yeah. See, th- those are words of wisdom that are hard to replicate. And I really appreciate it. Well, yeah. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Any anecdotes? Yeah. Any stories to tell? I, I, you know, was trying to wreck my brain, and I don't have any really funny or interesting stories, I don't okay. think, other than, like, trying to reach out to Dick Lyman and um, just being very open about, I'm not afraid to reach out to someone. I mean, I guess I'm not afraid of rejection. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Dorothy, welcome to our show. Uh, thank you so much. It's a, it's a family, and we're happy to have you as a sister. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to many 
years of working together and having fun uh -huh. together. And above all, for today, thank you for sharing from your experience and your soul. Who you are is precious, and I look forward to uh -huh. enjoying it together. Thank you so much, Gotti. You always make me feel at home here. My pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, hosted by RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors. If you are interested in learning more about RCL Co., go to rclco.com and follow us on Twitter at RCL Co. Don't forget to subscribe to new episodes of the podcast and make sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for tuning into the show.